Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. I'm Morgan. This is song versus song. Okay. We are, uh... I, I feel like we should explain this before we go any further. This is song versus song. They and this the title, week, they know what they're getting into. This week, we are, uh... We are doing With Arms Wide Open by the greatest band of the late 90s slash early 2000s, Creed. Versus How You Remind Me by the best band of the rest of the 2000s, Nickelback. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Why? Is it because you hate me? Is that the reason? I don't think that's why. I think me disliking you is a separate thing, (laughs) unrelated (laughs) You know, I, actually, I was a little worried about how you'd react to this one because I know you don't like talking about songs you don't like. You would rather talk about songs that you do. That's true. I don't. I, the thing is, I. This is I, one for me. So, yes, I agree. So here's the I, I'm going to give the pitch for why, because I figured it out recently. I, it took me a really long time to put my finger on why it is that I don't like doing these kinds of episodes. I will like it enough for you, but go on. I know. I know you will. And here's why. I'm not a critic, and you are. That's it. At least I'm not a music critic. I'm a music. Sure, enjo- I'm a music enjoyer. I like music. You know how I know this is true because. And by the way, uh, you can if you're if you're a patron, you can check this out where we did a, a a mixture of music that that we were listening to in the month of January, and I'll be continuing to do that in the months to come. But the songs that I picked were ones that moved me in some way. Songs that I was like, I like this. It strikes a chord deep inside of me. And the songs that you picked were songs that challenged you or you thought were interesting but bad or <laughs> pretty good for an artist, but they're still ultimately not going to go anywhere. You picked critic songs. I picked fan songs. That's the difference between you and me. We do come at music from a fundamentally different place. Yes, I like uh, things that make me think versus like a good song. There are billions of good songs, but very few that provoke me. He's like, I want to think about this more. This like, and I have thought so much about these two bands way more than I probably should have. And the thing is that because I don't care to dislike music, I don't, it's not my natural instinct to mm-hmm. think about Nickelback because I don't like them or to think about <laughs> Creed because I don't like them. So I don't, uh, I think the reason why these episodes are not really great on my end is because the stuff that I'm saying is kind of the by rote, the, just the common wisdom or stuff that can kind of come across as uninformed because it's hard for me to give a shit about things I don't like. So like by the end of the two thousands, when Nickelback were a gigantic punchline, you never joined in on that? No, I didn't. I remember <laughs> I remember there being a, a joke on American Dad about Nickelback, and I remember Dave Grohl saying the thing that if you listen to Nickelback's music backwards, you hear, like, Satan or something. Uh, but if you listen forward, it's much more worse. It's much worse because you hear Nickelback. <laughs> That's a good joke. And, yeah, That's I, I, a I, I, only, I only mostly screwed it up. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't... It came across... Great. It was a good joke by Dave Grohl. But no, I don't. It's very rare for me to care that much. The The big takeaway for Nickelback for me, the thing that's so indicative of where they land in the pantheon of pop music for me, is that 
in 2002, they were like the biggest band on the planet. And this song was like the biggest hit. And then you know what the second biggest hit was? Drops of Jupiter by Train. <laughs> and that's how you know that that year of music was not for me. I think I think you got your years mixed up. I think that year would have been Calling All Angels was by it? Train. Uh, mm, uh, double double check it. You might be right, but I know the train was having a was having a big year. <laughs> and they are in point of fact probably my most hated band of all time. Oh, oh, you shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so yes, I mean I, I think that the the reason you wanted to do this episode is is because these bands are both famously hated. Yes, they are. And and particularly, I it's hard to to pin down maybe what the we can try and guess what the continued hatred is about, but at the time the hatred was that they represented the death knell for grunge and alt rock, right? Like that they were so bad that there was just no room for rock music ever again after this. That's one way to put it. I've heard a more sophisticated take on how Nickelback killed rock. It was just not them being terrible, although I will argue that point in the future on this podcast, but it was that they were so divisive and that because after Nickelback, the rock world kind of separated into like the hipsters who were into the strokes and the white stripes and other bands that were cool to listen to versus the, the kind of rock that Nickelback represented Nickelback shine down and theory of a dead man and all the, but rock, but rock. And they separated into two separate camps that would just straight up not listen to each other. They couldn't stand each other. And so the, the, the listenership for rock got so much smaller. That's interesting. I'd never thought about that. Uh, I could see it. I don't, but the thing is, I don't feel like, not, not that this necessarily negates what you're saying, but I don't remember saying to myself, self, fuck Nickelback, never listen to music like theirs ever again. I just was, you know, in the, in the, Early 2000s, I was finishing college, and the people that I was hanging out with were all hipsters. Listen to hipster music. So I just got into what people were listening to, right? Like, I retroactively started getting into Riot Girl. I started really getting into stuff like Sleater Kenny and La Tigra and stuff like that, and uh, Bell and Sebastian, which is a totally different genre, but it's still in that sort of more indie scene and all that other music, uh, Nudra Mukotel, episodes that we've done in the past. Um, that was the time in which I started to really get into that genre of music because it just appealed to me, right? That was just where my head was at. And if I was listening to arena rock, it was Radiohead and stuff of that ilk because it felt more complex. And this other stuff just felt too simple. Um, it just wasn't, the lyrics weren't about anything that really attracted me. And also, as I've gone back and listened to some of this stuff, the production is very boring, especially for Nickelback. Oh, let me say, I mean, you were a, a 90s kid. I was. Creed was still technically the 90s. They were like a humongous rock band Absolutely. at a time when they were they were uh, clearly influenced by grunge, which mm -hmm. we were both about. We did two fucking hours on a grunge a couple episodes ago. 
We did. Man, that was such a great episode that everybody liked and nobody had any doubts about the the songs that we chose to go against (laughs) each other. Anyway, yes. So here's the thing. Collective Soul feels like it's part of the journey, right? Collective Soul? Collective Soul. That's wrong. You know what I meant. Creed. And in fact, the reason reason why I brought up Collective Soul is because I think that that's part of it, right? Creed's a part of something. It's a part of this journey that is collective soul and live and jars of clay. And there were a lot of bands that kind of had the vibe that Creed is sort of, uh, you know, is sort of grown from, right? Like that's the fertilizer that Creed grows out of. Um, I mean, even, you know, some of the, the vocal stuff has got a little bit of the Eddie Vedder on it almost, you know, like that, any of that, that, I mean, they, both, like, they, it, they both have a little bit of what's his face from Stone Temple Pilots too. Yeah, it's it's very funny that you hedged that with almost, almost a little bit of kind of like Eddie Vedder. Like like I remember the '90s, he was like every single one of these guys was called an Eddie Vedder ripoff. I know, but the thing is that yeah. all right, hold on, stop everything. Wait, <laughs> we're ten minutes in, we haven't answered the the question because we're unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Which one of these songs, if you if you listen to them back to back, do you prefer? All right. I used to say that Creed was the worst band and then Nickelback showed up and then Nickelback was the worst band. And like that was, you know, the common cliche thing to say at the time that Nickelback was the worst thing ever. And we'll, we'll get into that. But I would say like having listened to like both these albums, Creed's Human Clay and Nickelback's uh, Silver Side Up, Nickelback is just like obviously a much better band than Creed. Like Creed, like if you listen to Creed two songs in a row, it just gets so bad. It's just intolerable. But as these two particular songs, I would say the Creed one is better easily by no question whatsoever. Boy, that's a bummer, isn't it? Because we're going to agree. Well, let's say we've taken the unpopular... Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's the unpopular stance. Oh, I know. I like, mean, like, yes, I think that's probably right. Nickelback was dunked on so hard. I know. For so long that here in the year 2023, people are starting to come around on Nickelback. I think that we can probably convince them that they're wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't actually think that that's an important thing to do. I think if you're able to come around in a band and uh, and enjoy them, then I'm, I'm happy for you. Um, I was not able to do that. And I'll tell you one thing that really had a, had an impact on me. Um, so, you know, Chad Kroger, I do, you know, his bro- you know, his brother, Mike Kroger is also in the band. I did not know that. Go on. So, uh, so Mike Kroger recently in an interview said that, uh, he hadn't been on Twitter in a couple years, but good for him, but he, that, yeah, right. Great start to that sentence. Yeah. But then the rest of the sentence is effectively, but I might go back now that Elon Musk is in charge and it's pissing people off. I like that. Fuck uh, you, buddy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, man, I was really trying to give y'all a fair shake. And then you said that. I know it doesn't have any purchase on whether or not the songs are good, but there's this thing that happens where somebody says something that you hate so much that it makes it hard to like anything that they do before or after that. And like, it was great to go back and and listen to these songs so far after the fact where they're no longer 
forced down anybody's throats. Because, you know, I think both of the Krogers, the whole, the entire Nickelback crew made a pretty salient point many moons ago that part of the reason for the hatred of that band was that if if the radio decided that they were going to push something, if, if whatever happened, if whatever the machine that rolled up and decided what music you were going to listen to picked one band and kept taking different songs and putting them on different radio stations because they had enough hits that could fit in enough different places that they became so inescapable that it would feel like you were being forced to listen to a band. Well, nobody's forcing, I mean, nobody really forced you to listen to Nickelback then, but sure as hell the radio is not, you know, like people are not feeling in that way like they don't have another outlet to decide what music they're going to listen to. So Nickelback is out from underneath that uh, particular aspect of what made them hateable. And I do think that was a big part of it at the time for sure. Here's how I remember the backlash for both of these bands. I remember no one really saying shit about Nickelback. It was just like another band that was around too much until about like the third album. I mean, they're all the right reasons. There were like eight singles off of that. And I remember hearing them all constantly. So like by the mid 2000s, by the third album, by the 40th Nickelback song you had to hear, that's when it started to really come down on Nickelback. Creed, I remember, were pretty despised right away. Like maybe not of that first album, which wasn't that big, but by Human Clay when they were like, oh, that's a band you would know of, you were aware of. I remember people dunking on that immediately. Because they were a ridiculous band. Like, I mean, they were like the grunt rock band. And they didn't were like allergic to consonants. That was very popular at the time. But there was just something like so ridiculous and over the top about them with like Scott Stapp and his Christ poses all the goddamn time. And his ridiculous videos with like fucking comets hitting the ground and like. CGI statues on himself. Yeah, he 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 really looks like he's a, in like a like a early two thousands Nicolas Cage apocalyptic movie, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, and I think that that's sort of the 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 thing with Creed that I got over. I think you're right that the more you listen to them, the more you realize there's really nothing to listen to, except for this one song, which I have to say is good. It's a good song. I, you know, like, would I call it a great song? No. But it, as far, so here's, what is the job of this song? What does it want to do? What's its goal? The goal of the song is to sing about being a parent, mm-hmm. celebrating that, being scared, but also feeling excited you're thanking the people in your life that are making this possible, and you're thanking God. I find nothing wrong with any of those things. That sounds not for me, right? Like, it's not, that's not my genre. That's not where I'm, you know, I'm never going to quite be there exactly. But I understand the appeal. And right. I think that if that's your goal, and I'm pretty sure that was what Scott Stapp was trying to do, he succeeded thunderously. Very good at that. Creed was an incredibly, like, even though they were like a butt rockish band, 
They were also incredibly cheesy. And cheese, like, is, even at its worst, especially at its worst, is, like, forgivable. Is like, when it's at its best, like, the more ridiculous it is, the more cheesy and the more schmaltzy it is. And this is an incredibly schmaltzy song with a bunch of strings over it and everything. I find that much easier to make excuses for. Well, because it has a goal. I understand right. what it's trying to do. And and the thing is, I find that this is this is so down to the personal, but I truly find that inoffensive. Whereas, I don't know, this is how you remind me is one of those songs where it's like, pretty girl dumped me. Um, oh, I'm, I couldn't make it as a blah, blah. Like, I just, they're both very direct. You're not sitting there going, huh, hmm, what could these be about, right? There's not a lot of trying to figure it out. Um, which also, by the way, is a big part of why I think people didn't like this stuff at the time, especially if you're talking about people that had come up loving grunge music. You know, I, I was curious about that because you're, we're both big grunge people. We like that stuff. This is grunge ish. It's related. The thing that separates it for me, um, other than the fact that I just don't, I don't think in general from a production end either of these bands is particularly artful. I think also musically and lyrically, that's the big thing for me, right? If I go back and listen to Nirvana and I look up the the lyrics of what Kurt was writing, what I think is, what the fuck (laughs) is this? Followed by, I love it. It's it's sheer fucking poetry. You know, there's a lot of really great, the great lyricists of the grunge era write things that are weird, but grab at something inside of you that regardless of who you are, what your circumstances are, you can on an almost like physical id level take it in and get a very personal, very raw experience. These songs um, are so specific to the guys who are singing them and, and writing the lyrics that there's not a lot to interpret. There's not a lot to really latch on to other than what they are about directly. So, like, if you're a, a father or a parent and you've got some faith and you've got you're trying to keep a tie to your family, whether you feel complicated about that or whatever, right? Like on that one level, you can grasp on. And then and then I think like the song, right? And I guess for this is how you remind me, it's like, did you did you have a breakup and you're mad about it? <laughs> All right. You know, you know, that's a funny thing because you say like both these songs are very direct. I did not find that to be true at all in Nickelback's case. I'd listened to it like for a good 10, 20 years without ever realizing what it was about. Like n- never cut it as a poor man stealing. Like what the fuck are you talking about, Chad? And in hindsight, it's not because it's hard to interpret. It's more like there's just like not a lot of like a particularly strong feeling behind it for me. Like, I don't think most people think of it as like a breakup song. I don't know what people think. I have no idea what people feel when 
they hear how you remind me. And this is like the song that people will really go to bat for, for Nickelback. This is like their signature song. And when it's like, he's like, when people defend Nickelback, this is like, yeah, but you got to admit this slaps, right? Do I? No, I don't got to. No, I just, again, like, boy. I mean, I'm I'm just going to say it. Like for me, like almost all Nickelback songs, how you remind me was about a four. And that's why everyone hated them so much. Not because, not because that their songs were all ever all that bad. They've got a couple songs I think are genuinely that bad, but because there was so much of it, it was like they were always there and was always at a four. And that's what I felt about how you remind me too before this episode. And then as I started to really listen to it and try to absorb it, it dropped to about a two for me. I think I like everyone has decided that Nickelback is actually good now. And I've, I actually like Nickelback less because I had to, I, you know, I went down and like really examined it. Yeah. I mean, I, I even leaving aside that, that riff about Elon Musk, I find this mu- music kind of detestable. <laughs> and, There's and also, a sliminess to it, right? I it's not even just that. I was listening to um, stuff off of um, All the Right Reasons, that 2005 album, which comes um, after Silver Side Up by four years. Mm-hmm. But man, rock star, <laughs> rock star. That is a true. Like people always pick Photograph because of its nonsensical lyrics. Oh, that one's very. Very reasonable. I, you know, photograph is very understandable to me. But, but like people think that like they laugh at the lyrics of that song. And so yeah. it always gets a lot of the play. But listening to Rockstar, it's not even just that the lyrics are no bueno. It's just that like <laughs> it sounds awful. It sounds absolutely, it's so, I mean, I used to wear artless before, but that's, I don't have a better word for it. There's just. It's satire, Lena. Is it? <laughs> is it lips every night so I don't get them wrong? Was it was it satire when Chad Kroger went out in front of a live crowd and asked if there were any Nickelback fans in the audience, <laughs> and he got a really tepid response and kind of threatened to leave, and somebody threw something at his head. Was that satire? I don't know, man. I just there's. You look at how you remind me again, like it's really hard to get past the reason why I never liked it in the, in, to begin with. And the reason why I just didn't bother with it was within seconds. I was like, no, never made it as a wise man. <laughs> Couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. What the what? It just, yeah, I don't know what that means. It sounds like an idiot who thinks <laughs> he said something smart, right? I can't. I can't explain it any better than that. Whereas I remember again being much younger and hearing she has me like a Pisces when I am weak. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell that means, but it sounds fucking masterful. Like Heart Shaped Box's lyrics are impenetrable, especially if you're a kid. You don't know what the hell any of that stuff's about, but... There's just something deep down fucked up about it in a way that grabs you. It's so arresting. And it seems to me that Kroger uh, thinks he's doing that and is failing so badly that I I couldn't even hate him. I just thought it was fucking pathetic. Well, here is what I would say is the big difference between Creed and Nickelback. Creed 
got better, the cornier and more heartfelt they were, or at least more forgivable. Well, also it was kind of their, da- their downfall, right? Because the rest of the guys from Creed didn't want to be a Christian band. <laughs> oh, I mean, like if you want to like get on them for politics, like you, you will have like you will get much more hay out of like examining Scott Stapp's. Well, that's not, that's not even where like, I'm going exactly, right? Because I don't, yeah. I don't. Scott Stapp has got a. I mean, his story is big and complicated, and I don't know. Yeah, like, well, well, like he's unwell. Like, right? I mean, his story was. He, and he like destroyed he had, the band, right? And he had he had substance abuse problems. He like fell over the top of a building. Like like uh, was it a suicide attempt? I don't know. Um, but he managed to survive and it renewed his faith. And he's you know, like he's had a, a like a long complicated relationship to God, right? Like right. and and family. That's really what it boils down to. He had a concept of what God was. Um, his, he had a stepdad who had a very different concept of a much more punishing God. And since this is a thing that really mattered to him, it's the, it's the lens through which he understood his own life and life in general. It fucked him up real bad. I have a lot of sympathy for Scott Stapp, right? Like hearing mm-hmm. that breaks my heart. That's terrible. Um, and I think that's another reason why, right? Like it's, it's funny because this is not really relate directly to the music but it it's 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 impossible not once you know that information like mm-hmm. it's not even pity it's re- that that to me is going like okay i get it i understand and then when i listen to the songs again i go this was a guy who was there's nothing ungenuine about what he's doing right it's not fake it's not phony is it cheesy to me yes to him no he means every word I would say if you go back to his uh, first album, My Own Prison, and that is very much his album. It's a, like none of Creed's albums sound like a, a band, really. It sounds like Scott personally. Right. You go to that first album, you can hear a guy really struggling, struggling with his thoughts of the world, just struggling to understand the world. By that third album, the last one they had while they were still big, he is so up his own ass. He has like completely taken over like the rock star Messiah role and it just becomes insufferable in between we get with arms wide open. And on the one hand, I, like I said, I understand a guy who wants to be taken higher and I wants to greet the world with arms wide open and wants hopes his son isn't like him. I mean, that hits me, but also you can hear the ego starting to feel. You can see the Christ pose, which he loved so much. He loved that Christ pose so much. Listen, and there, I, there was like something preening rock starish about it that got very old, and that's why it was so like people were so quick to dunk on him. I totally get that. I mean, I was reading a, a part of the story which also did not did not really help his case with <laughs> me. With me, right? Like, this is one of those things where I have to remind myself that this is me. This is but, how you remind yes, yourself. This is Scott Stapp. This is how you remind me of who I really am. Um, mm-hmm. That's right. We use the Nickelback lyrics to talk about <laughs> Creed. Anyway, um, there was a part of that story, the one where he had fallen like 400 feet or whatever it was from a balcony. And when he woke up in the hospital... 
this woman who he had been kind of falling in love with and her mother, um, he's like, they appeared to me as two angels washing my feet. And I was like, oh boy. Oh because, boy. Because, because look, here's the thing. Uh, I'm not a Christian, but I know what the, the, the feet washing thing is, right? Like I'm familiar. I know, who, I, I, I'm familiar with Jesus of Nazareth. I know this guy and I know some of his shtick and the whole feet washing thing is a big part of it. So this Christ-like stuff is always makes me go a big rubbery one. Like I don't, I don't like that. That turns me off in a very foundational way. Um, but I have to. I try to set it aside. I think you're right in that the ego thing can become insufferable. Also, because if you're aware that somebody is struggling with stuff. Embracing your ego to a messianic level is not going to fix it, <laughs> right? So that's like also, you know, in that way, it makes my heart go out to him again where I'm like, oh, buddy, this is not the solution. Like faith, maybe, for sure, for a lot of people it is. But to get high on your own messianic supply in that way makes me go, just be careful, buddy. Like you're not the messiah. You're not, and if you start to believe that you are, it's not. It's not going to be good for you, and I don't want bad things for you. You seem like a decent guy. You know, I, I had a point I was trailing off of, but like when I said, like I always found Creed to be most forgivable at their corniest. Nickelback, when they were at their most sentimental and their cheesiest, that's when I disliked them the most. Like their attempts to be like heartfelt or emotional like their sad you know ballads or look at this photograph and all that shit i just couldn't fucking stand it they seemed all like such gross assholes to me and i just did not buy it at all the nickelback songs i do like are their most reprehensible honestly like the ones where they just like lean into the fact that they're all like gross dicks because they like as like an actual rock band, as a like a hard rock band that goes hard, they can go pretty fucking hard. They did a whole album with Mutt Lang and it is like gross and I wouldn't recommend it. But like it's the closest I see them to being an actual band because their aesthetics are so ugly. Which way? Which album is that? That's uh, the one after the one you listen to. Oh, are you talking about Dark Horse? Dark Horse. Yeah, that's the one. So Dark Horse. So th- oh, man. Did you listen to the entire discography? No, I but I listened to <laughs> sort of like samples from 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 different tracks from the two thousands. And the mm-hmm. thing is that yes, it's a little bit grittier. It's a little bit it goes a little bit harder, but it mm-hmm. still has that same production problem for me, which is that it just it's a little too smooth. Like there's just something about it that isn't what I what I expect that to sound like. Right, like. When I want stuff to go hard, I want it to go really fucking hard, right? I have a simple rule of thumb with modern music. When something goes really hard, I'm like, would Kurt Cobain like this? Would Steve Albini like this? You know what I mean? Like, would they get in? That's why, you know, like, you hear, like, a band like Chat Pile, and I'm like, Steve Albini, I bet, for sure, and Kurt Cobain. If Kurt Cobain was alive today, he'd be making music that sounds like Chat Pile, right? Nasty, hard, screaming shit like, why do people have to live outside? That's a real fucking song, man. That's... That's noisy as hell and has something to say to me. Uh, and also, like, on a production level, it sounds interesting, dynamic. You listen to Dark Horse as an album and something like Burn It to the Ground, and, like, it's just, 
boring. It's boring. I can't like I get liking it more. I agree, but I I just just there's nothing for me to grab onto. When I say Nickelback is a better band, what I mean by that is they're a more creative band, or at least they have tried different things, many things over the course of their career, versus Creed's three albums, which all kind of just sound the fucking same. And I mean, not that they sound the albums sound the same. I mean, the individual songs all sound the same. I couldn't tell one from the other. You're absolutely right. I mean, I think that this is one of those rare occasions where um, I'm giving it to the it's song over band because Mm -hmm. absolutely Nickelback has more variability to what they do. That was part of what made them so inescapable. Like Nickelback was very laser focused on being the biggest band alive. Right. They were very commercial right away and they were like willing to switch up a lot to maintain that. Yes, and Scott Stapp was really interested in being Jesus 2.0. I don't know if that's true. That's just a mean insult. I'm sorry, Scott Stapp, long listener of the show. Um, Yeah, but like if I'm just listening to How You Remind Me versus With Arms Wide Open, I can grab onto with, With Arms Wide Open. It's a song about something that I think is meaningful. I actually find it like musically, like it's schmaltzy, but it's touching. Like it, I feel like I'm 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 going someplace, right? This is this is a song that like you could have you could have put this on the Armageddon soundtrack. I t- I'll tell you <laughs> what, Bruce Willis could have sacrificed himself for Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck to have babies and shit to that song for sure, and that is both a compliment and an insult. It is like with arms wide open is like one of the best worst songs I've ever heard. Versus uh, how you remind me, I just don't understand what people are feeling when they listen to it. Like it, it, it's too downbeat and mid tempo to like rock out. But like, it's not like it's a breakup song. But it's a, like I wouldn't really call it an angry song. Exactly, it's not like a depressed song. It's not like a heartbroken song. I guess it's a bitter song, but like not in like any kind of dynamic way. It's just like a pissy song is how I would describe that. You know what, a, Chad? Do you know what Nickelback? Not Nickelback. That's that's wrong. Chad Kroger's best song. I have one song of his that I'm like, you know what? Despite myself, I think this works. It's the song from the end of Spider Man. Man, I cannot follow you on that one at all. Oh, really? I think that song actually works all right. I for for when that song played over the the credits, I remember seeing it in theaters. That's what 2003. Two. Is it all right? Whatever. But I remember thinking, that's all right. Like, I, I I was like, I recognized his voice and immediately felt myself brace against it a little bit because I was like, oh, no, it's Nickelback. But it wasn't Nickelback. Um, it was just it may as one, well be. It was just I, the one guy. I don't, who cares? But, and the other guy. The other, the guy from Saliva, a much better <laughs> band. But the, um, but by the time I'd seen that uh, at home, when I bought like the DVD or whatever, I was like, you know what? This actually kind of works with this movie, gotta say. Kind of works with Spider Man. And I don't, you know, that usually my assumption is that if a song only plays over the credits, that means it wasn't what they were looking for. <laughs> and they're like, well, we paid for it, put it over the credits. It's like uh, this used to be my playground by Madonna going over um, the, the credits of uh, A League of Their Own, which to me is the most notorious example of that. The most notorious example for me is. Uh, Everything I do, I do it for you, which like the the director hated. 
did not want to put it in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Man, we're gonna have to do um, a super group episode at some point and do that that um, Sting, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart. It's all for one and all for love. All while for love. To bring it back for a second, and while we're doing impressions <laughs> yes. of other people, who do you think is the better singer, Stapp or a Kroger? Because there were a lot of arguments over this in the uh, in the comment section. Oh is man, it be- is it better to have like? Chad Kroger's like legitimately just terrifying ogre voice, or is it better to have Scott Stapp's truly overwrought, allergic to consonants, Eddie Vedder impression? I can tell you which one's more fun to sing. Yeah, well, <laughs> here's the here's the thing. Um, it's hard to decide because I find it impossible to care. Man, which one? Which of these two? Well, I just heard <laughs> it's so much fun. It's gonna change. When I try to do my Chad Kroger impression, it just hurts my voice. Like, we're gonna pray. See, I don't even want to stop. All right, it's Scott's <laughs> next. Never made it as a wise man. It's terrible. <laughs> this, is a, this is a nightmare. This is an absolute <laughs> nightmare to me. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. See, this episode could have gone worse. I could have been meaner. I don't know how, but I'm sure I could have. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I would rather listen to Scott Stepp personally. Um, at least there's something to it, and it's fun to sing like him because it's so goofy. It is. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how Nickelback became the guilty pleasure band out is because like I, I associate guilty pleasure with something a lot sillier and I don't find Nickelback a very silly band except like maybe during photograph yeah that's I mean that to me is this that's the song right if you're gonna pick one mm-hmm. and I'm gonna erase everything else they ever did I'm keeping photograph because it's just too odd right like it's <laughs> it's it's the, it's it's the meme song and and if there's one thing that this world needs to keep us all alive. It's dumbass memes. That's that's what that's that's our diet. So I would rather keep that than <laughs> than how you remind me. Um do you have do you have any feelings about like the 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 notable covers of that song? Like a Sum Forty Sum Forty One used to cover that song and uh and of course Avril Levine. Uh oh. Chad, Chad Chad Kroger's uh s- significant other. Boy Avril the, Levine. Boy, the Canadian music industry is incestuous. I just, I mean, I don't know either of these people. Perhaps it out outside of the, the the general knowledge that I have of the two of them, it makes sense. But it really is the Canadian equivalent of Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani for me. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's going what on? How? Like whatever you wanted to say about Avril Lavigne, like even if you're like a hater, like what on earth? Could she, it just didn't seem like they had any similarities in their energies at all. As evidenced by her cover of that song, which is so different. And, well, it's not an improvement. No, it's a different kind of bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. I like Avril Lavigne. I don't always love her stuff. We we covered her in an episode and I remember being younger and thinking that she was a born sellout or whatever, which is nonsense. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know, man, like complicated skater boy, like a lot of stuff off that first album is fun. Um, and stuff that she did later is fun. Nickelback is not fun for me, except for photograph. And that's like by accident. Uh, I can think of Nickelback songs. I like, like genuinely like, and they're, they're generally the ones that are the hardest to defend, like figured you out or SEX or even something in your mouth, which is a disgusting song, mm. but don't, don't look that one up. But okay. uh, no, I'm not going to, but somebody should please do that. I don't know, man. I mean, like we talked about this at the top that had nothing to do with anything except we were like, does this make sense? Which is that, um, I was drinking pickle juice and I that said, that is a thing you did. I, yeah, I was, like, I, yep. I was like, Hey, I really love drinking pickle juice. Is that weird? And then we discussed other things that we like that. I don't know. I to- I said, was like, I think pickle juice tastes really good, but it's like ketchup. I wouldn't eat it alone. Then you were like, you know, a lot of people really dislike ketchup. I was like, no, they don't. It's very popular. But it's not popular. I think it's like one of those things where like peanut butter is really popular in the States, but it's not really popular anyplace else. Like the UK is not really like, I don't know that they mm-hmm. hate it, but it's it's kind of like, it's like the United States' Vegemite, you know? Huh. I did not know that. But uh, I think that ketchup is kind of like that. Um, I would argue that pickle juice, I mean, because people do like picklebacks, you know? It's like shot of whiskey, <laughs> well, shot, of, shot of pickle here. juice. I mean, people like the way that pickles taste. That's a, that's just a fact. And there is a, such a thing as pickle aid. But I the ketchup thing really caught me. Because you said that you liked ketchup, but you wouldn't have it alone. And I agree. And there are a lot of people that just hate ketchup, period. And when I looked at it objectively, the conclusion I reached is that Nickelback is ketchup. Yes, it's extremely popular. And it's also extremely popular to say you didn't like, or at least was once upon a time for Nickelback. Nowadays, everyone's like, actually, Nickelback were really good. No, they were not. I mean, I but, think- like I, I, I'm more willing to hear people defend Nickelback than Creed because Creed has one or two songs I could stand. And then uh, and that like, I just think that like if, if, if you picked one song, if you were like, this one's pretty good, this Nickelback song and you put it on a playlist and it was just one song and a, and a mass of, of rock jams, mm-hmm. it would be fine. It would be like putting just a little bit of ketchup on your eggs or your <laughs> burger or whatever. Right, you wouldn't want mm-hmm. to drench your filet mignon <laughs> in ketchup. I feel like I've got something with this. I think you do actually, um, because but, ketchup, love it or hate it, is processed glop. It's processed glop. I would defend because it's delicious and you can put it on anything, but it is processed glop. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I'm trying to if 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 Nickelback is 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 the processed gloopy gloops of uh, of ketchup, what the hell is Creed? Because I don't think that the ketchup metaphor <laughs> quite works for them. No, that's maybe they're the pickle may- juice. I think they're uh, they're a lot closer to the mayonnaise. Oh, well, I hate mayonnaise, but you're right. I think <laughs> that that's that's true, and and mayonnaise has a, has a broader appeal, right? Like, yeah. People, you know, I know two people that hate mayonnaise. One of them is me and the other one is Lindsay. But of course, Lindsay and I are right about everything. And so therefore, mayonnaise is bad. 
but um, but most people the world over, right? You go to France, they don't put ketchup on their fries; they put mayonnaise on their fries. Mayonnaise is a very common condiment. <laughs> um, a uh, little more mild, right? Not not that much to it. Kind of chill. Right. I think we're I think we're um, losing the metaphor here. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it too much, and now I can't stop. Uh, we're going to change this podcast. Song versus song, no, out, bye. Condiment versus condiment. Well, here's here's what I would say about mayonnaise. I literally just made a chicken pasta salad with mayonnaise, and I put it in the fridge to chill right before this episode started, and I'm getting hungry, so... I think it's time for the three questions. Excellent. Love this is <laughs> love this as a response. Uh, yes. So after we talk about ketchup and mayonnaise, as we do in every episode, we go, oh, shit, we've lost our minds. Let's get back to the questions. Um, yes. And we have these, these four questions we ask that actually kind of hopefully firm up everything we've been saying the whole time. Question number one. One of these songs is going to stick around. going to stay. Here it is. Hear it roar. The other one, it's going away forever. Um, never going to hear it again. It'll be like it never existed at all. Todd, for the culture, which song has to stay? Wow, this is actually quite difficult. I don't know. It feels like With Arms Wide Open has pretty much faded from the conversation. Like, people stopped talking about Creed when they stopped existing, it feels like. Versus Nickelback. I mean, I don't think, but like, on the other hand, I don't think Nickelback's effect on the culture was good. I think they were a negative presence. Um, uh, like, if I were going to say which one is more important to the culture, which one would leave the biggest hole, I guess that would have to be Nickelback. Yeah, I think that if, and it really is, I, I think we try to do culture, right? Um, yeah. Like, I think the song, I think if I'm Scott Stapp and I'm thinking of me, um, mm. I would probably pick uh, Creed with um, arms wide open, but it's not really about you, Scott. Go have somebody wash your feet. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry, Scott Stab. I promise. Um, no, I think you're right. That's it. This is not a complicated question, actually. If you, if you think it through, um, one of these songs is a song that people still think about, and the other one isn't. So that's kind of that on that. All right, question number two: You could be a fly on the wall, experience soup to nuts the entire creation of one and only one of these two songs. That would include the recording of it. It would include the music video, whole thing, but only one. Which is the one that you want to get the whole story on? Creed made such awful music videos. I know. I think that's that's the defining thing for me. I just want to see him thinking he is so fucking cool with his arms wide open. Because you got to imagine there were a lot of takes where they did it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. He was like, maybe I could get them wider. <laughs> like, do you think that somebody was stretching his arms between the takes? Like, no, we got to make them wider. Got to get these arms wide open. Um, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think just for the music like, video alone, that is pretty easy. Yeah, that's that's an easy one. Versus, like, I don't really care about the making of any of these. <laughs> no. Uh, all right, question number three. Oh, gosh. <sighs> this is always the most interesting question now. This dumbass question that I came up with midway through us doing this stupid show that we do. 
Megan the Stallion. Uh, she's going to do uh, a Megan the Stallion. Oh, no, that's not what it is. What's wrong with me? Megan the Stallion. Let's try that again. She's going to get to a night of hot girl shit, as she does. Uh, and before she does, she's got to get ready, right? Uh, she's got a playlist. It's going to have one and only one of these two songs. Todd, which of these songs for now and forever is hot girl shit? Okay. First off, neither, obviously. Yes, that's but, correct. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I am going off of what other people tell me, which is that how you remind me is a jam. People say that. I don't agree. But people have said that to me a lot. Versus I don't know who is, like, really... Uh, repping for with arms wide open it's certainly not hot girl shit no it it quite definitively yeah it's not hot doesn't really feel like it's for girls shit maybe <laughs> i don't know like i for for me these rank a full zero out of ten both of them on the hot girl shit scale but like someone out there believes that how you remind me would qualify more than a zero so I guess that's the definitive thing, because I can't imagine anyone arguing for Creed in this. Uh... I, I'm going to imagine Meg listening to the Sum 41 cover. There you go. <laughs> Punk it up a little bit, and then I think you've got it. So that's my answer. The Sum 41 cover of How You Remind Me, hot girl shit. Now, question number four. Not just the most important question that we ask on the, this show, but the, the most important question in the history of human creation. William Shatner Actor, thespian, man about town, equestrian, singer, maybe, possibly, <laughs> could be. He's going to do a William Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Todd, which one of these questions must be shat upon? I kind of lean towards Nickelback here. Am I? What, what do you think? Because I, I, I'm a little uh, not sure about this one. Ah, hang on. Here's what we're going to do. Never. I I feel like that that first verse about never making it as a wise man and poor man and uh, bread man. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Never made it as a pack man. (laughs) It's just so fun. I think there are uh, other things that, that Shatner could do with like. I never made it as a wise man. I think he could do really good work with that one. There, Listen, I will say this. What I just heard, <laughs> the news today, seems my life <laughs> is going to change. I close my eyes, begin to pray, then tears of joy stream down my face. You know, normally I go with the one that has the more direct emotional appeal. I feel like that appeals more to an actor. I think we might be a house divided. I don't know. I'm feeling really strongly. Now that I've done that, (laughs) I feel really good about it being with arms wide open. There's something very mysterious and Shakespearean about that uh, opening verse of How You Remind Me. I think I'm going to stick to my guns on this one. Okay. Then we are a house divided. That's okay. Yeah. That's all right. Um, we'll, we'll pretend that there was a third person here and they sided with me. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, with that out of the way, that nonsense, we now go to the people who actually matter, the listeners, the, the wise ones, the ones who aren't idiots like us. 
Todd, what did they have to say? All right, let's pull up that comment section. Okay. Lucas writes, Lizzo once did a jam or not a jam interview where she confidently endowed How You Remind Me as a jam. And ever since watching that video, that song has won over my entire heart, and now it has my vote. Well, that that settles the hot girl shit question immediately, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not going to fight Lizzo. Yeah. Because I'm not a fool, and because I like Lizzo. Um, Do I agree with that sentiment? No. Do I believe that Lizzo believes it? Yes. Would I listen to a Lizzo version of that song? Yes, a thousand times yes. <laughs> uh, you know that this is this is a very pro-Lizzo podcast. It always has been. Right. Uh, DeWatt writes, In the land of the worst Creed song, the least bad Nickelback song is king. Oh, not sure I agree on either. <laughs> Wyatt writes, Creed is the primary reason why I'm not so hard on Nickelback. There's a dumb dirtbag charm to Chad Kroger after a while. Scott Stapp's preening, self-satisfied warbling still puts me off. He's like a D-list Jim Morrison. Oh, that's a sick burn. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that I can disagree with that. I think that for whatever reason I decided to feel a kind of sympathy for him. And maybe, maybe I've been led astray by a false prophet. <laughs> hmm. I know, Jim, Morris- Jim, Jim Morrison was at least cocky, you know? He yeah, swaggered. Yeah, he, he, had, he did have the swag. All right. MJS writes, How You Remind Me might be the most Canadian song of the 2000s. No one south of the 49th parallel would try to rhyme sorry with story. Well, you got me there. Not, not like you, same sorry. There, don't, don't 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 appropriate sorry. I uh Nickelback will always be the most Canadian band to me. Like that's just what I assume all Canada sounds like. Especially in that big middle section that's all flat. That's a huge insult to Canada. I'm sorry, Canada. <laughs> I know I know, it, I, know I, I know that's not true. And so, somewhere out there, Mark Rondon is furious. <laughs> I, I hope he. I hope he suddenly like like it was Star Wars. Like like all his voices cried out suddenly and were silenced. Yes, I am so sorry, Canada. I know it's not fair. It's not something I believe intellectually, but in my heart of hearts, that's what I think of when I think of Canada. I'm so sorry. All right, Kyle Mullenkamp writes. It's not like me to say sorry. But I'm voting for Nickelback. You should be sorry. Let me pull up this other one. Someone also said. (laughs) (laughs) Christopher Riesel writes, my vote goes to how you remind me, but I never made it as a wise man. That's a good one. All right. Dean R. Johnson writes. Can Creed lose this harder? Man, I, I can do that better. Hold on. Can't Creed lose this harder? There, that was it. Now, now, <laughs> wait. What other what other voices have you got in there? What else you, you got in the repertoire, Todd? Uh, I'm not going to do that. We're going to stay focused here. God damn it! No. All right, Bowsette writes. Eddie Vedder and his consequences have been a disaster for the human race. <laughs> <laughs> 
Raven would definitely agree with you. Um, I, I style whatever. I like that goat boy. Uh, Chris Carline writes, in related news, Megan Thee Stallion and William Shatner have both entered into the witness protection program. <laughs> that's the comment. That's, that is, that's the yes. comment for the whole episode. That's so good. All right. Ned Curran writes, I had never actually listened to either of these before. Those were the days. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. We've really done you dirty. All right. And one last one. Torak49 writes, Scott Stapp actually sounds like the voice Todd puts on to mock Chad Kroger. Ooh. I don't even know what to say about that. I I feel like perhaps that's a burn on you, buddy. I think it is. I, I think my Chad Kroger impression is pretty good. You've been done. All right. Actually, one last one. Here we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your hot anime mom writes, I became a Patreon member just so I could convince someone to take a photo of Lena's face when Todd told her what the next episode was and then proceed to take that picture and put it into the photograph that Chad holds up in photograph. It was a pretty horrified face. I don't know that I have it, but... um. I'm sorry. I don't know no, if it's we a didn't. face. I don't know if it's a face that I would want to share with the world. <laughs> um, but uh, that's perhaps if I was less vain, that would happen. But look at this photograph. Don't look at that photograph. Okay, that that one was not so good. Oh. It's hard. It's hard doing the Chad Kroger impression. It's very hard. I don't know. Just like I don't know how someone sounds like that, and I don't know why people let him sound like that. Because I, I know he can dial it back. I know he can, like, not bellow like a fucking giant that Jack stole his golden goose from. Yeah, if we're going to live in this era where people are legislating other people's rights away, let's, let's just legislate the right away to sing like that. <laughs> Put that, listen, look. It's a, it's been a rough couple of years. Um, I just want to win. Could we just some bipartisan support? No one's allowed to sing like Chad Kroger anymore. Everyone loves that. I'm sure. I mean, right? I'd be happy to not trying to sing like Chad Kroger anymore. It's illegal. It's, 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 it's wrecking my voice. It's illegal now. Okay. All that is left is the results. Lena, who won? Nickelback won. Nobody cares about Creed. <laughs> No one care. No one's out defending Creed anymore. That's like I'm amazed that anybody. Like, we remember Creed, ish. We know Nickelback. The mm. end. That's it. I don't think there's anything to debate beyond that. All right. For a total of 674 to 201, that is a 77 to 23 split. This is how you remind me that the winner is Nickelback. I'm surprised it wasn't even more of a blowout, honestly. I I don't know. People told me, you know, if I put higher in there, the it would have been a little closer. I'm not sure. Like it's a, I guess it's I, a big I guess it's like now in the long term it's a bigger hit, but with Arms Wide Open was the was their one biggest hit at the time, like from a radio yeah. play perspective. Oh yeah, it was a number one single. It was a number one single. Creed hit number one. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen never hit number one. Like that's yeah, it's a really insane to me that. Why like would you Creed say that to one. my fucking 
sad fucking New Jersey ass. Why would you do that? <laughs> That's cruel. Don't remind me of that. Okay, Bruce this Springsteen. This is how you remind <laughs> me. That Bruce Springsteen has never had a number one hit. <laughs> Actually, he did have a number one hit. Okay. As a member, as a member of USA for Africa. So, on We Are the World. <sighs> okay. <laughs> That's worse. Well, <laughs> oh, well, thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, if you are like one of them hardcore Nickelback defenders, I apologize. But you got this one wrong. The Creed was the better answer. But thank you for listening to us anyway. We love you very much. You can support us on Patreon. For we have a Patreon. That's right. And uh, and we do bonus episodes. If you sign up for, uh, at this point, just a dollar, you get the entire backlog. Uh, apparently, we're going to be talking about Cowboy Bebop this month. Oh, boy. I'll, I'll mark out. Uh, a couple weeks to actually watch some goddamn anime. You can bring in a um, ringer if you want to. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna punish you for it. Um, but uh, we have all of those, and also I've started doing a sort of like a little monthly playlist of songs that I like from month to month. We have one out from January that also has a couple songs from Todd. I think occasionally I'll be able to get Todd if, if he if he has a song or two that he likes. I think I'll probably get him to slide in here and there. But for the most part, uh, if you're like me and uh, you have a hard time getting into new music, I have recently gotten better at it, and I'm willing to reach out uh, a helping hand to you. Um, January stuff was pretty mellow, pretty listenable. I'll tell you right here, right now, that uh, February is pretty wild uh it's a lot noisier so if you like noisy shit i've got some noisy recommendations for you all right you ready for our next uh episode absolutely not yes maybe yes sure yeah no <laughs> yes all right i i i went for a, a little less obvious here because there are like a little bit two more obvious songs i could have put for this but for this one we're gonna do it's tricky by run dmc Versus No Sleep Till Brooklyn by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> okay. All right. That's exciting. It's tricky. It, it Well, <laughs> yes, it is. It is tricky. Both of those songs are a little played out by this point. But it's, I guess it's been a little while now. There was, wasn't there that snowboarding game called Tricky? Oh, my little... My little brother, fuck that, it. that ruined that song for me for a very long time. My little brother fucking loved that game. So I would hear him playing it all the time. Like every single time you'd, well, we'll get into it next. Yes, yes, we will. We will. Let's <laughs> save it for next episode. Uh, see you around, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.